What would happen if we took a moment to question the assumptions we hold about others? Would you find that you enable others or are you well intentionally holding them back? In this episode, I will share with you my reflections and learnings from a recent trip with my family and how these insights inform opportunities to be more attuned and supportive leaders that help realize the potential in others. Hi, I'm Dr. Teresa Haskins, and welcome to Think Differently, the podcast that challenges the status quo and explores the power of neurodiversity to create a more inclusive and accessible world. Together, we will talk about everything from the value of different perspectives to the limitless potential of human beings. We'll explore how embracing differences can lead to endless possibilities and how you can maximize strengths to make a positive impact on the world. So sit back, relax, and join me as we get ready to think differently. Hi, everyone. I'm thrilled to have you join me today on this special episode where I share my reflections as a mom, a doctor, and someone who believes in the power of reflective practice. Some of you may know from my Diverse Minds at Work newsletter that my family and I recently took a vacation to the breathtaking Florida Keys and surrounding areas. We've been going on this trip for the past eight years, often exploring the same places and taking pictures in familiar spots. Each year, I can't help but notice how much my children and family are growing and changing. And it's during these precious moments when I'm surrounded by nature and away from the hustle and bustle of our everyday lives of work and school that I appreciate the importance of pausing and reflecting. And it's not just about reflecting on your own journey as a leader, but also recognizing the development and growth of your family and employees. There are opportunities for them to truly blossom on their own as they become more autonomous and skilled individuals. You know, we rarely take the time to pause and reflect and really appreciate the journey we're on and more so recognize how far we've come. But let me tell you that reflection is not, it's not a luxury. It's really a necessity for our well-being and mindfulness and our own personal growth. When I think about leaders and diversity advocates striving to improve the lives of employees, support talent, and foster inclusivity, reflection becomes the key that unlocks this ability to connect, understand, and support others better. Through reflection, we become more self-aware of our thoughts, our actions, and the impact we have on those around us. We can identify where we might unintentionally be holding people back and understand when and where they need support or guidance or maybe the freedom to flourish on their own. And we need to be cautious not to let our preconceived notions or biases from the past hinder someone's full potential. Reflection allows us to gain a deeper understanding of our own strengths, weaknesses, and areas of improvement, but it also allows us to gain a deeper understanding of other strengths, opportunities, in areas where we can give them less support or more support as they need it. It's like putting on a pair of glasses that helps us see the world through a different lens, enabling us to connect not only with our current reality, but also with the attitudes and thinking behind our actions. And so, you know, when I think about my sons and our many family trips, I can see how our experiences have changed in alignment with their maturity and growth. There was this time when my husband and I had to be extra vigilant guarding the boys as we strolled through the bustling streets of Key West, 
fearing they may unknowingly wander into traffic or encounter potential danger. Now, years later, they've sprouted taller than me and taken on the role of protectors, ensuring my safety as we explore. I no longer fret over them meandering into the streets or being snatched away. This natural progression in parenthood led me to reflect on how we perceive the capabilities and potential of others and how we must exercise caution in allowing past needs to define someone's worth or restrict their future possibilities. And these reflections, they extend beyond being a parent. They apply to leadership and helping others. Here's another example. Our family has always enjoyed kayaking and exploring the different waterways together. However, when we went out into the waterways, we always tethered the boys' kayaks to our own, with the parent leading the way while the boys followed along. In the early years, this arrangement was effortless, as being the lead paddler came naturally to me and my husband, and we happily coasted along. But as time went on and the boys grew older and bigger, I began to feel the strain of being the lead paddler, especially when dealing with currents or winds. Their increasing size and strength made it more challenging for me to navigate ahead. I realized that it was crucial for them to develop their own paddling skills and build their capacity to take on more active roles when kayaking. However, concerns nagged me. Would they have the strength and know how to paddle against strong currents if they needed to? And would I be able to keep up and assist them if they got too far ahead? As I aged, I became more aware of my declining strength while they blossomed into young men. Finally, this year, I presented them with a choice. Did they want to embark on this kayaking adventure on their own? Though the tether was still in the kayak, it was no longer attached to theirs. We had a safety mechanism in place just in case. However, what transpired amazed me beyond my expectations. My boys demonstrated not only proficiency, but also the strength to kayak independently, surpassing my own abilities. It was a profound realization for me. Until then, my experience with kayaking with my sons had always revolved around me leading and guiding them. I had grown accustomed to the idea that I had to pull them along. Yet reflection prompted me to pause and acknowledge that they had outgrown that need. In fact, they were now capable of leading and perhaps even pulling me along if necessary. It was humbling, proud, and an eye-opening moment. This experience taught me a valuable lesson about our perceptions of others, particularly those with disabilities or individuals who require guidance and support. We must be cautious not to adopt an ableist mindset and assume past needs for assistance will persist indefinitely. It is crucial to engage in open dialogue and generally assess each person's abilities and potential. This is where reflection becomes so significant. Reflective practice isn't about conforming to societal norms or measuring others against our own ideals. Instead, it involves embracing and celebrating the unique strengths and capabilities of everyone and allowing their actions to guide us. And I've talked before that we don't need to fit into predetermined checklists to determine our worth and other people's capabilities. But we do need to sometimes pause and think and recognize the growth of others because a lot of times I think leaders get stuck in this trap too. We need to be cognizant as to whether we are hindering our employees and limiting their future prospects based on their current role and skills they demonstrate. What if they return to school and earn a certificate? a master's degree, or maybe even their doctorate? Are you going to limit their next role in pay based on the job they had that they used to pay their way through school? 
And so this is why we need to think about how we think of others and determine if you are really supporting people for where they are, not where you think they are or should be. And these ideas are particularly relevant to neurodiversity and autism inclusion. Reflective practice plays a crucial role in promoting understanding, empathy, and awareness of biases or assumptions that may hinder the acceptance of neurodivergent individuals. Through reflection, we become aware of our own misconceptions, biases, and areas for growth. We can become aware of our blind spots and potentially ableist thoughts. We can reorganize whether we are normalizing behaviors and beliefs that may hinder the inclusion of neurodivergent people. But most importantly, reflection allows us to shift our focus from trying to fix or change individuals to embracing and accommodating their unique strengths. It will help you open up your mind and your practices to potential opportunities where you can foster a better sense of belonging and increase empowerment on your team. And if we can improve our interactions and how we support individuals with autism and other neurodivergences, we may then begin to really identify the areas where we may be able to adjust how we lead, how we communicate, and how we construct our environments. We can determine if we are micromanaging or helicopter parenting and why, and how we could shift our style to a more guided support, ultimately getting to the point where we trust our people and can let go to allow them to try and thrive on their own. An environment where we are focused more on person-centered approaches, where we seek to build structures that increase autonomy, that support motivation and incorporate preferences, where we can meet people where they are. And this is the type of thinking and reflective practice that is required to dismantle ableism and biased thought, ultimately promoting inclusion. So as a leader, we need to be taking a pause and really evaluating our efforts. And when we do this, we will become better allies and advocates because we will be better able to amplify the voices of autistic, neurodivergent, and disabled individuals because we'll be actually integrating and communicating with those individuals to understand their lived experience and ultimately their needs. And then we can change this narrative and you can shift towards a more person-centric, inclusive society. And then that's when you're really able to embrace and celebrate the talents and contributions of diversity of thought and action and ability. And that increases our understanding and ultimately inclusivity. So we need to challenge societal norms, but most importantly, we need to challenge our preconceptions and ways of thinking. We don't all have to run off to Key West and sit in a kayak to determine that there's an opportunity in terms of how we engage others and support them to be more productive, independent, and autonomous individuals. It really just starts with carving out some dedicated time to just think and reflect and pause on our journeys and taking the time to connect with others to get feedback on their needs and goals. When you have these conversations, you need to really listen. If you are hesitant on something they want, especially if it means letting go of control, reflect on what is driving that feeling. Determine if it's a past belief or experience that's forming that opinion and work in partnership to find ways to increase the independence needed so others can realize their potential too. The investment in yourself as a leader is just as important as focusing on the growth of our loved ones and our employees and they all impact our interactions with others in life and the workplace. The process can be transformative. 
but more so it brings clarity and opens doors to deeper understanding to support all of our individual journeys. Thank you for listening to this episode of Think Differently. I hope you found our discussion today insightful and thought-provoking. I want to thank AudioWorks Studios for their exceptional production and recording support. Without their expertise and dedication, this podcast would not be possible. If you enjoyed this episode, we encourage you to share it with others. Your support helps us to reach new audiences and promote neurodiversity in our world. Also, be sure to subscribe to this podcast on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite platform so that you can stay up to date on the latest episodes. We look forward to seeing you again soon and think differently.